0: We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom.
1: I just don't fathom it.
0: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
3: Around the world on the internet and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, it is the michael luke show <clears throat> broadcasting live it is monday yes it is monday already uh, i don't know how we got here so fast but uh here we are ready to go sort of <laughs> uh everything that i had set up for today just came to not came to not so today <clears throat> we're gonna be uh We're going to be just chit-chatting all day, all morning about uh, what your thoughts are on everything from ranked choice voting to uh, the current stream of candidates or spate of candidates to pretty much anything else that we can think of, plus all the headlines that are fit to print uh, around here. Um, Here we are, the 22nd of August, and uh, we're all asking the same question. Where did summer go? I mean, I mean, like, where did summer go this year? Um, Down here, it floated, it floated on by the river. I was just, I was laughing last night because the sun came out for the first time in days late yesterday afternoon. And all I could think of was, wow, where you been, baby? Where have you been? All right, Um, quick look at uh, what we've got going on uh, here uh, for today on the program. I do have some headlines, including some, I mean, just some crazy ones. Uh, I mean, it's almost like a, well, I guess at some point it's almost like a Jerry Springer show. Uh, Some of the the headlines that we've got coming up this morning. And then uh, we're going to uh, dive into it and uh, take some calls from you. Uh, Want to remind you that this hour of the program is being brought to you by our friends over there at Satellite West. Uh, when it comes to communications needs, well, they've got uh, pretty much. Doesn't matter how you're communicating, whether it's satellite or cellular or UHF or VHF or whatever, they've got them all. So we would love to. Uh, uh, we'd love to say thank you to them, and they, of course, have got all the information you need over at their website at Satellite West dot com Uh, satellite west dot com um all right so headlines then phone calls and uh that's pretty much the show today it's very like i said everything that i was trying to work on trying to get uh squared away at all kind of well, I mean, it just kind of fell apart. Um, I will say that I probably not was not as—I'll admit—I was not as diligent uh, late Friday afternoon or early Saturday as I could have been um, because I got distracted by some other stuff. It's weekend stuff. What are you gonna do? All right. So, <clears throat> what? Uh, what? What do you say? Uh, what? What are your thoughts? Let's uh, hold. Let's hold up on the phones. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to some headlines first and uh and then we can uh and then we can jump into it uh we can jump into it from there on the telephones how about that so don't uh don't get too far ahead of me here uh and let's uh let's take a look at some of the headlines okay so <clears throat> first and foremost um from the uh from the the weird. I mean, just the weird. Some Alaskan politicians could have their own reality shows. That's the headline that Suzanne Downing uses on Must Read Alaska, and um, yeah, <clears throat> I could uh, see that. Um, I could agree with that. Um, they, there are, there are some interesting people out there. That de- well, I mean, let's face it. Some of them have had their own reality TV show. Sarah Palin had her own show on what it was the Outdoor Channel or whatever. So some of this stuff is not is not too far a stretch. One of our uh, one one of our own listeners who's been on this program before and uh, and uh, and has uh, has been been part of our chat room in the past is. Uh, hunky lee who is running as an independent candidate for u.s senate um downing says he's a guy that doesn't have much of a filter in person or online um he also wrote this uh this really weird um i don't know if it's a it looks like it's it looks like it's in the form of a sonnet or a, a, a haiku or something anyway he wrote about the interracial marriage of candidate kelly shibaka which he called pornographic um kelly and nikki shibaka white girl black man that's so pornographic a couple pornographic marriage i think that's fair to say that is there i said i mean just weird like <clears throat> i mean with all due respect weird then <laughs> I mean, this is like a Jerry Springer episode. This whole this whole thing on some this is what happens when you get twenty seven candidates or whatever it was that end up running for these various offices with no way to filter them out through the primary process, right through the party primary process. This is how you end up with a vermin supreme, the guy with the boot on his head, uh, that is the bane of all libertarians' existence. I mean, there's actually a guy boot on his head, vermin supreme. Um but then you get uh, Heather Herndon who is running for uh Senate in the Anchorage seat vacated by Tom Baggage. She's running against Toka uh, to- uh, Loki Tobin who is a staffer for Baggage. Um but Herndon has been on Facebook talking about a Jew attorney. She actually used the word Jew attorneys. And, uh, just like as a pejorative and just continued to go at, and I'm just like, how do people, how do people think that that's okay? How do people, I mean, I read through this story and I was like, what? I mean, how do you, how, first of all, how do you have people take you seriously? Right. I mean, that's how do you get people to take you seriously when you're going on that? And then um, <clears throat> they talk about there's another guy, Chris Diamond, who is a uh, who was a former uh, challenger to Sarah Hannon in Juneau, uh, has endorsed uh, by Bill Walker. And then uh, um, I, I don't know, he's he basically throwing name count, throwing names at. uh representative sarah rasmussen online and then he used a pejorative that i can't even begin to use uh against suzanne downing herself and everything i mean alaska basically it is like a reality show sometimes with all the people that show up and start throwing this stuff out there this is i mean may you live in interesting times that is the uh that is the definite take on that. Mate, we are, we are right there, my friends, living in interesting times. Um, the other interesting thing is the Senate race. And uh, I had to laugh because I keep seeing this sign whenever I drive into Anchorage in the morning um, about the <clears throat> candidate, Buzz Kelly. Um, there's an article in the ADN about this. Iris Samuels writes about it saying that Buzz Kelly has 12 campaign signs, hasn't raised a single dime, and is in fourth place for Alaska's U.S. Senate race. Now, the argument is here is that uh, Buzz Kelly is living off of, um, a lot of the hype, um, um. A lot of the hype of from Kelly Shabaka's campaign because obviously Kelly Shabaka's signs say Kelly for Alaska because her last name is very difficult to spell and people are not sure. So they made the decision early on then to stay instead of saying Kelly Shabaka, which is T S H I B A K A, right? Chi sounds like Chewbacca, but it's Chewbacca, right? That's Anyway, <clears throat> they made the decision early on to just go with their name, Kelly for Alaska. Same thing that uh, same thing that that Sarah did, Sarah for Alaska. Everybody's going just with their first names. You just pray to God that nobody else has got your first name. Well, Buzz Kelly apparently um, has, uh, whether through fortuitous circumstance or design, decided to uh, to run, and it looks like he may be peeling off some of that. Kelly, vote. He is the David to Murkowski's Goliath, he says. His campaign slogan uh, is a hard right turn. He's a longtime Wasilla resident. He insists that he made his electoral success thanks to his 12 campaign signs, one of which is welded to the roof of his Subaru Outback, which I see all the time um, coming out of the hay flats going into Anchorage, and so I'm kind of wondering, I mean, does he just park there most of the day and hang out? He's retired now. He said running for re-election is his uh, retirement project. So uh, and that and the fact that he drove his car around, um, they drove his car around the uh, location of the Trump rally with that sign around on it as well. So I don't know. Buzz is, buzz buzz is a is an interesting guy uh from what i could see here uh he's got a simple two-step plan um he said, call your congressman or congresswoman now, write your governor now, email your mayor now, tell them we do not want a weak and declining country. Tell them we want a strong and world-leading America. Tell them to uncuff our energy industry so that the price of gas and everything else will go down. Tell them to stop the invasion of our at, the, at our southern border. Tell them to stop all the ridiculous government spending that threatens to crush our economy. And then uh, he said, please take the time to read my pros and nos. I'm tracking where you are tracking then I would very much a uh, uh, like your support, uh, and uh, you go to his pros, <clears throat> his pros and no's, and uh, there's a there's a list of you know pro America, pro Trump, pro Second Amendment, pro Union, pro Police, pro Military, pro Deportation, pro Border Wall, pro Energy Independence, pro Development. Ooh, man, there's just a lot of pros. Pro divorce China pro counter cyber attacks pro paper ballot only he's got a lot of uh he's got a lot of things to say um but anyway he uh he came in fourth he came in he came in fourth now people like jim Lotzfeld, who is a political uh, uh, operative and uh, and uh, consultant out there said that there was a lot of uh he said it's due to the fact that there was a lot of super low information voters out there and Probably they were people who were intended to vote for Kelly Shabaka instead of, uh, instead of Buzz Kelly. But, um, it's, uh, you know, or, or we're just looking for any other name other than Murkowski. But this is an interesting thing. Maybe we'll get, try and get Buzz Kelly on just to, I mean, he sounds spicy. Sounds like a spicy, spicy discussion. So, um. Um, these are just some of the headlines that caught my uh, attention here as we got uh, into the uh, show this morning. I've still got a few more, but uh, I'll go ahead and open up the phone lines. If you guys want to uh, sound off, we'd love to hear from you and see what you guys have to say. Give us a call. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, anything that you guys want to talk about Now is the time to do it. I will launch the phone systems and we will get things uh, we'll get things going on. Feel free to uh, to uh, dial a smile and dial as they used to say. All right. I don't know who used to say that, but I'm just gonna say that they used to say that. All right, the Michael Luke Show continues. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more here in just a moment. And your phone calls. Don't go anywhere.
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
3: Okay. Uh, We are in the break right now. How are you guys doing? See what's happening here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning from Seattle. I'm sorry, Brittany. Um, when we get a state tax, which we will, are we going to pay the new tax on top of the seven percent we pay now? Says Sean. That's a question. Good morning. It's not Sunday. Did somebody say it was Sunday? Did I say it was Sunday? If I did, I apologize. Uh, could be a good moose season. Um, I sure saw the sun yesterday. Honestly, I did. Um, um, great minds think alike, uh, but he's going to give us free ponies. Oh, we're talking about Vermin Supreme and Hunky Lee. Yeah. They're going to give us free ponies. Um, let's see the busted Subaru. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, forget that. I've decided I want to be bored," said Sandy. "May we live in interesting times?" And she's like, "Yep. Yeah, no, I've decided I want to be bored." Man, I should have upped my drama for the media attention," said Sean thorne "I know, Sean. I don't know. I mean, you're out there working hard. This guy parks his car next to the uh, Glen Highway uh, with a sign on it. This is hard right turn, and just leaves it there. Twelve signs, and no money raised." It's, uh, I mean, it's weird. Shibaka is hard to spell, although you did good, Barbara. You got it. You got it. Uh, he has a nice website. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I like that. Uh, he does have, he does have a pretty clean website, surprisingly enough. It is, uh, it is a pretty nice looking uh, site. Um, somebody, somebody did, uh, somebody did good work there. He did spend some money on his website. I don't know, uh, I don't know if he, he, well, maybe not. He's surprisingly created by Wix. Maybe he did it all himself. Maybe Wix has got their, maybe Wix's WYSIWYG editor is a lot better than it used to be. Okay.
4: Okay.
3: You are paying attention when your kid talks, aren't you? Um, Binge-watched. John Wick on Friday, wow, needed a nap after all that action. Oh, man, Greg, that would have been, that would have been like the perfect six hours. (laughs) That's the perfect six hours of a weekend, right? John Wick one, two, and three, and now four is on the way, but John John Wick one, two, and three, that would have been amazing. Um... Uh, let's see, it's Monday, blah, says Christopher. It's Monday, blah. Um, I could help you with some tips on how to grow your YouTube channel. Sometimes, if you want, I'll email you my phone number. Well, thanks. I mean, I've got a bunch of followers on Facebook. I figured it would be easy if somebody just would come on over and, uh, you know, like the the YouTube. I'm not interested in growing my YouTube channel just for the likes or the whatever. I, you know, I want the show to expand on all um, on all uh, uh air in all areas. And um, I was only looking to try and get to that thousand mark on YouTube because it allows me to unlock certain things in the channel. That was pretty much it. Free ponies for every Alaskan would cost less than the legislature stolen PFDs. <laughs> oh, man. Um, is an independent Kelly and Murkowski plan? I doubt it, but maybe we'll see. Spicy. You used it in a sentence. Oh yeah. No, spicy. She's a spicy candidate. Um. Yeah, super chat, monetization, all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm looking for. Um
4: <laughs>
3: All right, we gotta go. I, I gotta go. We gotta jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Please like and share, like and follow, and let's uh let's go, let's go ahead. Here we go. Welcome back to the uh, program uh, Let's uh, continue on here And uh, jump into this We've got some more phone. We've got some phone calls uh, We've had, I guess, one phone call We had two, now we have one People were not patient To wait on through the break And I've got some more headlines to get into But this is kind of an open line, open forum day today So anything that You would like to talk about Now is the time to do it yeah, I'll use the storyteller voice once upon a time, long ago, people called into the show to tell me what their thoughts were. So let's go over here and start fresh, shall we? See what you guys have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
5: Sean Bennett from down in the Nelchick.
3: Hello, Strong. What's uh, on your mind?
5: It's Sean, not Strong. I'll be spicy, too. You'll be spicy be for me? For <laughs> yeah, I'll be <laughs> spicy for you. So we just had an uh, ADF&G that decided that on the 15th of this month that they would you had to have all your fishery dip net stuff in by. So they gave us one week as state residents, or you get a $300 fine and you lose next year's personal dip net fishery. That's just for you to know. That's Mike Shower, who he's running against. Mike didn't do it. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Doug Massey. Massey. Uh, Massey. Yeah, yeah, he's he, that's him. He did that before he left. He was part of that little that little game second thing is i was the one that sent you the text on tax rate because this is about mike now and some of the other legislators love mike shower he's cool as all but when we get a new tax can can we drop ours from down here in homer at seven percent because i don't want to pay 23 percent you know in the summer just i need to have a farmer's exempt or i'm cold exempt right and the third thing is if i can't trade Fish for firewood or firewood for fish, because they said that I, you know, gave up all of those rights for mineral resources off the PFD. Can I at least, you know, do 75% of it then? Because they won't get me, you know, they won't allow me to do any commodities in this state. And fourth is, I don't care about Buzz, he needs to go ahead and walk off with the Subaru and drive back wherever he's going. And Kelly <laughs> Tabakan needs to win this over we're in trouble. Spicy no,
4: enough for you,
3: Bob. I you know what you're pretty spicy this morning. I mean somebody had their Wheaties and their coffee. Did you have coffee in the Wheaties is the question. I mean that's the, the, Red,
5: Bull. the Red
3: Bull. Red Bull. Red I Bull need in the Mike Wheaties. Mike Shower. Yeah. I need
5: Mike Shower to continue to be the senator in this state.
3: Yeah, no. We, we
5: have no choice. He's one of the. He's the only one with common sense to begin with up there that's even walking around. He flies an airplane and the state when no one's helping him. Yeah. And uh, lastly, on that is the veteran community that we have that is in legislation now is so horrible. I hope Will Staff can walk in and do right. And him and I talk a lot, so I'm in all of these clowns' ears. And Will's not a clown yet, but he might be <laughs> later on. Sarah Vance down here, the queen of halibut. She's never taken a fish off a hook with a hook stuck in her leg and one of the back of her ear and clients screaming. I have nothing for that woman. She put a walk-in trail with lights in July in Homer, but we had broken vehicles everywhere on the Kenai in the winter. It looks like a crash-up derby, and they can't move them to Homer because the water level's too low. So they got to ship them up to Sledotna, and guess what they don't have? A wrecker service, because Jake from State Farm's not going to take it because the state doesn't pay enough for it. Right. So my state tax pays for tourism, and I do have a state tax here. Sarah Vance did it. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Sean.
3: Thank you for uh, as you said, being spicy this morning. I appreciate your thoughts on this. Um, and uh, appreciate you uh, appreciate you calling in this morning. Uh phone number to call 907-433-3150 907-433-3150. Let me unpack here just a little bit. Um I agree Mike Shower definitely needs to go back to the legislature. Although I know per- Look, I know that he would be happy. Be. If he doesn't, if he does, great. If he doesn't, great. He'll go back to, uh, to uh, you know, putting his retirement together and flying for FedEx and making more money and do what he needs to do. Um, but if you know he he wants to get the job done, he wants to help out, he wants to try and fix what's wrong in this state. Um, you're right. I believe that he needs to uh, come back. I think Kelly Shivaka would be the uh, would be the better candidate uh, of all of those that are out there. Buzz Kelly, I don't know him. Uh, He's going to be the fourth place uh, rate. And one of the things that this story brought out that I thought was interesting was not only did they they wonder out loud in the story whether or not that he had gotten votes to begin with that were not meant for him, but that were instead uh, meant for Kelly Shabaka. but did he vote... Uh, you know, in the ranked choice component of it, did he, you know, would his second place voters go towards Chewbacca or vice versa? Um, he said he wouldn't uh, answer the question uh, as to whether or not he had voted for her second or not. Not that that's really anybody's business, but uh uh, if you feel like, I mean, I've shared my votes here on the show, so it's not a big deal. But uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he he really he he doesn't have a chance of uh, of uh, of really doing much. The vote as of um um the the vote as of the sixteenth. Was uh forty four point two percent for Murkowski, Shabaka with thirty nine point eight percent, Chesbro at six point two percent, Kelly Buzz Kelly at two point two percent, and then Republican Pat Nolan at one point one percent. So, but really the only the top four vote getters matter uh, at that point. Um, we start looking at you've got uh, Buzz Kelly, Pat Nolan. Uh, then two Democrats, Ivan Taylor and L, uh, Edgar Blanchard. And then Samuel Merrill, uh, another uh, Republican. Then our friend, the libertarian Sean Thorne, who's in the chat room with us this morning. And then a host of other independents and non-declareds and Republicans and AIP and everything else. And so what it will be interesting to see when it's all said and done, because really only four points, four point something points separate Murkowski from Chewbacca. So who who ends up in the end? Where do all those second place votes go? That are gonna that, now there are no second place votes now because this was the primary. Remember that. But when it comes to the general election, who you you know who where are all these other votes going to fall in their ranking of first and second place votes? That is the interesting. Uh, that's the interesting conundrum for that um uh what else we got to talk about here oh man um uh we could talk a little bit about dean westlake um who was a former alaska state a representative um who died this weekend um and it looks like he died at the hands of his own son over some kind of rent dispute or something we'll get into the details of that here in just a minute but let's go to the phone since your phone calls reign supreme this morning we'll see what you have to say good morning who's this where are you calling from
6: hey good morning mike it's lee out of denali
3: well hey lee long time no hear how are you sir
6: you know how it is, man. I've been hiding out. The Federales kind of been heating things up around here, so I figured I'd better lay low you know, and let you take some of the uh, front for a while. Oh. You've been doing a fine job. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, man. That I mean... being said, brother, I, uh, I uh, wanted to, to say that our so-called low-information voters that uh, have got uh, this young fella uh, basically fourth place in the state under uh, our new voting system How impressive that all these people that that can't seem to understand how the uh, ranking process works, they're also the same people that re-elect morons that keep stealing a PFD right out of their hands, and yet they complain the most about it. So when we start asking the question about what we need to do to fix this state, its electoral process, and most importantly, get the people what they need, we need to look at the moron factor and eliminate what makes them morons, which is appropriate education at every single level, and basically go back to the basics, starting with elementary school, because obviously people don't get it. Right. And they don't get it in droves. Otherwise, we'd have more people seeing the the true benefits of what the new candidates are bringing and, most importantly, seeing what the legacy candidates, we won't mention their names, but the legacy candidates are obviously... Status quo, situation normal, just keep baffling them with BS right. and, and hope they don't get it. Well, obviously, right now, that's the case. And uh, something else to consider, uh, looking at this reapportionment that that's affected Mike Shower and, and others in the state, if you'll notice, rank uh, choice voting and the results of reapportionment within the state based, quote, unquote, on the most recent census came about in the same year. Now, if you think that that didn't happen uh, on purpose, then everybody and their mother is mistaken because this was all by design. People knew what was going to happen with the confusion and they made it happen again. These are the shysters inside of the legislative body of the state that made that happen.
3: Well, these are definitely these are definitely <laughs> the ahead, but I say these are definitely the power brokers and the business as usual crowd that want things to continue along the track that it's continued on right now, which is more government spend, you know, more business as usual, getting Lisa Murkowski back in there, you know, doing that kind of stuff. And so you're right, uh, you know, I had never considered the fact that that the redistricting and the rank choice voting were going to hit on the ballot at the same time. Uh, and when you see some of the th- so the hijinks that have gone on with the redistricting historically, you realize that that's the perfect opportunity to kind of throw some and sow some confusion to the wind at that point.
6: Well, if you'll take a look, just speaking with regard to Shower's new district, I mean, the guy goes all the way from Healy to Valdez in a narrow strip. And, and swings down to capture portions of Wasilla. I mean, talk about gerrymandering in order to isolate the guy. It's as obvious as it, as it possibly gets in the legislative body in this state. The You know, the same ones that basically took the man's staff because they didn't like him asking uh, hard questions in an open forum, and ergo put him in a broom closet for the first portion of, of his tenure as a senator in this state, goes to show that they are discriminatory practices are ingrained, absolutely ingrained. And and now here we are with this reapportionment of, of uh, the voting district that he is now faced with, that by any stretch is a classic example of why gerrymandering uh, needs to be looked at uh, when it comes to basically trying to isolate somebody who's effective. Right. And, of course, the courts are blind. They can't see anything because, well, they got some that's uh, basically holding their hand, guiding them. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the, the types of protests we're having down in the Kenai regarding the grand jury system, Right. because that's a big problem, and they turn a blind eye to everything that uh, they don't like. And, well, And, and when it, you can't get a grand jury, for example, to do what's necessary, then that shows you that the entire system is malignant and needs to be looked at for a shakeout.
3: Well, the, look, the the whole redistricting thing has been a hot mess for years. I mean, of the of over the last, uh, you know, the redistrict every ten years, and I think the last six, last six, five or six of the last eight have been decided by the courts because. There's been so much gerrymandering back and forth between Democrats and Republicans, and, you know, one does one dirty that one turn, and then the other one, and the next time they're in power, they do somebody dirty, and you're right. I mean, it is a it is a hot mess, and it's not just an Alaska problem. You see this going on across the entire state where they're trying to, you know, redraw district lines into these really funky puzzle shapes to make sure that they can retain districts, and, the you know, it's all about the political power at that point instead of true representation, and, yeah, we need to we need to rethink how that is done. I don't know. I don't have a solution for it, but I would agree that we definitely need to look at it, Lee.
6: Hey, one of the uh, things that I, I hear all of a sudden is the fact that there's somebody with money making a lot of advertisements with a fear factor associated with having a constitutional convention. Uh, here in the state, uh, indicating that we're going to lose our Second Amendment rights. We're going to lose our ability to have free and open elections. I mean, I never heard some of the crap that's coming out of these people that are fear-mongering, basically trying to wave off a constitutional convention. And, of course, all of these things are right if you had a bunch of loons that didn't care about the people trying to get this convention pushed through. But a cape, in this particular case, it's obviously the reverse where the people that would be put into check, if you will, are the ones that are creating the fear mongering because they want to hold the... Uh their reins of power as long as they right. possibly can. No, it's so the, it's the, just, just kind of unique that you hear that nowadays.
3: Well, yeah, that's the defend our constitution crowd. That's the name of the group that is fighting back against the constitutional convention. They're calling, they're called defend our constitution. It's interesting because Suzanne Downing and Must Read has got their ads all over her site, which means I guess she's an equal opportunity person, but um, top three contributors uh, are the 1630 fund, from Washington, D.C., the NEA Alaska, and the IBEW PAC. So that just tells you who's supporting the idea of not opening up the Constitution that want against it. A political fund and two unions are the top contributors to making sure that we don't fix what's wrong in Alaska, and that's a problem.
6: Well, brother, as always, I appreciate what you do, and uh, I applaud uh, your continuation of it. All right. Have yourself a good day, and thank you.
3: Lee, it's good to hear from you. Thanks for calling in and uh, joining us today. That takes us up to the break. So I guess we'll go. I still have some more stories to read, including stories about what's going on with the education system down in the South Central and the Matsu. some of the problems they're having, this post-pandemic problem. We'll talk about uh, Dean Westlake as well. And uh, we'll we'll just keep taking phone calls. I enjoy talking to you, even if I don't agree with uh, everything that everybody says. I love hearing from you. That's what this is all about. The answer to speech you don't agree with is more speech. So, phone lines are open. 907-433-3150, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. hundred percent of this says Kevin McCabe stems from the judiciary um stems from the judiciary and I think that that comes back to everything you want here Stedman Bishop and Stevens want Mike shower out because he wants the right thing done yes 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 um why do votes go to second place manipulation that's what it is the votes should actually go to first place place i don't uh i don't know how that would work um i don't know how that would work jim uh i don't um rank the red otherwise you need to get you will get a dem in that district i think even if you rank the red you get a chance sean says next time you have kelly on i think you need to ask her some simple gun questions has 2a on all her merch but i have not seen any evidence that she lives that life at all as a voter i want to know if she actually knows some stuff or if it's bs pandering i.e what's her favorite gun views on the nfa etc and and, you know i i'll you i'll take that under advisement sean i think that that's not necessarily a bad thing but at the same time i will say this i don't think that to be a supporter of the second amendment that you have to be a um, part of the gun culture I mean, I don't know that she is, like you said, she's lived um, much of her adult life in places like Washington, DC, where that you just you don't get the chance to live that way. Now she may still be a defendant and a supporter of it, but she may not live that life at all. And just because she's not living the life doesn't mean that she's still not a supporter. But you're right, and I will I will ask her the question next time I get her on the program, we will uh, we'll talk about that. Um, uh, what about her NRA endorsement says Christine, uh, an NRA endorsement. I mean, the NRA endorsed Lisa Murkowski for a long time. So I'm not necessarily thinking that the NRA endorsement means as much as many people would like to say that they, they think it means that's, you know, nothing to do with. It. Um, the legislature does not do the—I don't think—did we ever say that the legislature did the redistricting? Or did you take that from some of the things Sean said? Was that the implication? No, the legislature has nothing to do with the redistricting. But there are—we all know that there are powers that be that uh, uh, that would like to be able to take, you know, the—yeah, they—mm-hmm, yeah. They, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, uh, okay. Okay. Did Edgman lose? No, Edgman's running unopposed. There is no Edgman losing. Nobody even bothered to run against Edgman at this point. Um the let's see, Terry, it begins with the way the redistricting board is appointed and who appoints them, and then who is on the court when the frivolous lawsuit is heard. Again, talking about the uh uh talking about the uh sh- redistricting component supporting 2a is a wide spectrum lots of 2a supporters have voted away your rights for common sense and and again i don't disagree with you sean uh i don't disagree with you it's just like i said before um that uh you know the having that nra endorsement doesn't necessarily mean i mean i think it used to i think it used to mean a lot more than it than it uh than I, I really like that. Um, I guess they really like that cream puff down at Sitka. Yeah, no, I mean you could look at the, you could look at the rankings on the um, um, on the primary, and you could see exactly who you know to take the. I think Bert Stedman, I think was um, wasn't he like sixty two percent or something like that. Where is my uh, Where is my election report? Um, here it is, right here. Uh, this is the election report. I'm just pulling it out right now. Uh, let's see. Uh, and uh, well, come on, give me the. There we go. Nope. Stea did. Nope. There uh, we go. Bert Steadman. Um, for Senate district R. oh, this is, uh, sorry. This is for the previous year. Oh, my bad. I had too many reports up. Uh, here we go. This is the, uh, this is the one that I was looking for. Um, there we go. Let's see. Stedman. Bert Stedman, 67.22%. As a Republican versus uh, versus uh, Mike Sheldon's thirty two point seven eight percent. So, yeah, I mean, you've got Bert Stedman, you've got Gary Stevens, you've got a bunch of uh, uh, of uh, business as usual folks in there who just are continuing on business as usual because the people around, uh, you know, who live in their districts are not paying attention and or and or don't care or are happy with a status quo. That's, I think, kind of the answer there. Happy with a status quo. Here we go. Jumping back in. All right. Wow. We ran far afield uh, in the chat room during the break. <laughs> we got talking about redistricting. Then we were talking about the elections and some of the results and uh, the Second Amendment and whether or not candidates really support the Second Amendment. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pieces in there. Um, there's a lot of pieces in there that. uh uh, Are look again. I'll just said. I'll just said. Say what I said earlier because somebody was saying we should ask Kelly um, Shabaka. You know, we should ask Kelly Shabaka some more details about her support for the Second Amendment because he hadn't seen any indication that she was. Living the life, living the gun life, the, the Second Amendment life, or whatever. And I mean, I just like to point out that it was, you know, you, you could be a supporter of the Second Amendment without being part of the gun culture. Um, you can be, you know, a supporter of the Second Amendment without, uh, without, you know, going hunting and fishing, without carrying a gun every day, without all those different things that, um, you know, people would associate with that. Um, but obviously, if you're if you're living it and breathing it, you're uh, I think a lot more adamant about it, and probably a lot more um, in the know as to what uh, you know what laws and in, in, you know you you're probably more engaged in it. Let me guess, I'll put it that way. Um, you're probably more engaged than uh, than anything else. Um, in uh, oh and tuckerman uh, babcock actually says it in the chat room the key legislature that secured concealed carry for the for alaskans and was a stalwart defender of the second amendment was senator lida green on principle not because she was part of the quote-unquote gun culture i think you know lynn lida green jeanette james there was a group of folks in there who I don't think necessarily were, again, stalwart warriors in the gun culture, but they did fight for the original concealed carry permits and other things. And so, I mean, I I agree. Now, does it help when somebody is uh, pro-gun and lives the gun culture? Absolutely. Like I said, more engaged. Um, but we'll be asking we'll be asking more of these questions um, we'll be asking more of these questions as we go forward uh look phone lines are open right now at 907-433-3150 907-433-3150 i'd love to hear what you guys have to say um, the son of former Alaska state representative Dean Westlake was charged on Sunday in the killing of his father on Saturday morning in South Anchorage. This is being reported by the ADN. Um, Talon Westlake, 36 years old, is now facing charges of manslaughter and tampering with evidence. Apparently, he called the Anchorage police about 7 a.m. on a Saturday, saying his father was unresponsive in uh, Talon's apartment uh, down on the uh, uh, south side of Anchorage. When the officers arrived, he was outside. Talon Westlake was outside and told the officers he did not want to talk to them. Dean Westlake was inside the apartment and pronounced dead. Apparently, his body was on the floor in the hallway. There was blood on his hands and feet as well as on the walls in the hallway. Blood was found in the kitchen, the walls, the cabinets. They also observed wet floors as if they had been recently mopped, as well as a running washing machine and what appeared to be a bloody towel inside uh, Talon Westlake's car. Apparently, according to his girlfriend, the building was owned by Westlake and uh, that uh, his son had been staying in one of the units and was behind on rent. She said uh, Westlake, who had lived in Fairbanks, was planning on evicting him. And uh, so apparently now Westlake will have he won't have to worry about room and board for a while, apparently, um, because uh, he uh, uh, allegedly killed his own father over the idea of I mean, Alaska is just we are like the germination point for many of these reality shows. Right. I mean, that's just that's kind of just the craziness of what we've got going on around here. Um what was the last thing that I wanted to talk about in this hour. Well, I don't have enough time to get into this. I want to talk a little bit more about what's happening with the schools um post uh post pandemic. Because one of the things that we uh one of the things that we uh uh have talked about, one of the silver linings of the pandemic so to speak, was the discovery by many Alaskans that that schooling your own children, taking responsibility for your your children's school and homeschooling them or putting them in a private school or some kind of pandemic pod or some kind of learning, you know, whatever, that it wasn't nearly as hard as people thought it was, that, that, uh, you know, when it was all said and done, it just it wasn't that hard. Uh, And so people have decided, many people have decided to continue to homeschool their children. Um, throughout the, uh, uh, you know, after the pandemic now has come to a stop and school is reopening. This is the first, I would say that this is officially probably the first regular school year uh, after the close of the pandemic, and you see that they are still having tremendous problems, Um, primarily at this point with the transportation of the children. Both the Anchorage School District, and the Matsu School District are have a have a severe driver shortage. Uh, and in fact, the Anchorage School District only has enough drivers and school buses to move about one third of the students who would normally be served by the buses. And there's a variety of reasons around that. I know that I I know I, I think Jim was in the chat room earlier. I know Jim, um, a friend of mine from Fairbanks, I know he spent many years as a bus driver and maybe he can sound off and give us his thoughts on this. But you're seeing many industries where the employees are just not coming back post-pandemic. Um, the, the bus driving industry, you know, is, is the, is the one that we're highlighting here, but you know, you also have, again, the hospitality and the restaurant and the leisure industry, they're just not seeing the people come back to these jobs, uh, no matter what, I mean, they've got plenty of job openings and they can't find enough bodies to fill it. And I think that has to do with, in part, the, uh, Kind of this eye-opening thing that happened during the pandemic, where people kind of faced their own mortality, because we all heard that we were all going to die, right? That was kind of the mantra. As oh, if, and so people really, you know, they they responded to that fear because there was a lot of fear mongering going on, and they started looking at what they were doing. Uh, they started looking at their jobs. They started looking at, uh, you know, what they were doing as a, for a living and deciding was it worth it what you know was it did i really want to be doing this you know this job or whatever for you know uh for uh, for the next 10 years is this really what i want to trade my time and my you know trade time for money for and you saw it i mean they they had a name for it it's called the great resignation we saw people leave industries i mean Whole industries are being affected by this, and we have still not recovered from it. And um, I think you're seeing right now in the school system, and in the, especially in the transportation industry for the schools, some serious problems. But the schools are not handling it well either. We're going to talk a little bit about that when we come back, the Anchorage School District and what they're doing about it and how it's been very frustrating for parents who have decided to return their kids to school and we will uh, discuss that on the other side plus take some more phone calls because i enjoy that the most the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio like and share come on out join us on facebook and youtube be part of it back with more right after this let me uh, let me go through um, some of the comments here I'm still <clears throat> sometimes I see a comment and I I'm I'm trying to get context for the comment first before I talk about it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Senator Murkowski needs to go away. Okay, on Thursday, local Republican committee vote of support for convention yes. So the local local Republican committee is part of the convention yes. Nice. Um, I can't fathom. I can't fathom Click Bishop being reelected. Says Christopher uh, in the on YouTube. Uh, you may not be able to fathom it, man, but. That's what happens when you've got somebody who's in there who's got all the union support and everything else and his opponent just doesn't have the name recognition of the horsepower and the power and the incumbency behind him. Um, guns were not included. Sean, Sean points out that Shibaka, and this is his words here, she worships at the altar of Trump and Trump has a pretty bad 2A record, so not a hard line to draw. I would agree. President Trump has a horrific Second Amendment um, uh, record. I've talked about it on this program. I've taken plenty of ugly emails from some of you listeners on how dare I talk badly about Trump. And I mean, he's the best. He's the second coming of whatever. And and I've, all I've done is pointed out exactly what he did while he was in. He can he could say as many platitudes as he wants while he was on the stage at CPAC or at the NRA convention. but but Trump is no friend of the Second Amendment, just like George W. Bush was no friend of the Second Amendment, nor, again, Obama or anybody else. Most of these major politicians are no they, they could talk a good game. But when the rubber meets the road, no, it's definitely not a good thing as well. So I could see why Sean would make that connection. It's not a hard line to draw. I would agree. I would agree. And this is why I've said in the past that I didn't think that the endorsement of Donald Trump for anybody's campaign was necessarily the blessing that many people thought it was. Um, Second Amendment needs Chewbacca, Alaska needs Chewbacca, and America needs Chewbacca. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think Chewbacca would be much, much better than Lisa Murkowski, but uh, I don't think that the questions that uh, Sean is asking are that uh, are that, um, um are that hard i think we should have answers to that okay um i have been fighting to get rid of steadman for years it takes money to campaign and people won't donate to michael sheldon we need susie we need a better candidate i like mike sheldon but he's a perennial candidate he's a little bit kooky he's a little bit you know i mean there's a little he's a good guy don't get me wrong but when you put up a can you've got to have a candidate that can stand shoulder to shoulder in the public eye and not be perceived as kind of a weirdo, right? I mean that's just I, I don't mean to be I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just saying you've got to have a candidate. You've got to have a better candidate. You've got to have a better candidate for fight to fight somebody like uh Bert Steadman. Um Let's see. Uh, let's see. It's what a shame that someone can do that to their own blood. Christopher is talking about the Westlake thing for sure. Twelfth um, Man says, I think the root cause of talking about the great resignation, he says, uh, is that there's too much free stuff for able-bodied adults. That's the real reason people aren't going back to work. Well, I mean, Twelfth Man, they've, they've reduced a tremendous amount of the... Uh, They've reduced a tremendous amount of of the, like, the uh, unemployment benefits and all these other kind of things. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's as attractive as it was. I think people, because I've talked to a few of these people, and some of them were just like, I just decided I didn't want to be a server. I didn't want to work in the food industry anymore. It was just, it was too volatile I was treated poorly by the clientele when the whole pandemic thing was. And they were, you know, I just, it wasn't worth it. They decided to change jobs. So maybe some of it is that there's other, uh, you know, things that they could get. But I think a lot of it was they just looked at their life and realized there's more to life than this. That's what I think. Um, uh, drivers are much more liability never seen one dime from the pandemic i've kept working through this me too um gen x are retiring instead of returning to work um i'm just going through here yeah joel says me murder your father over rents i mean yeah exactly i mean you're gonna murder your father about being evicted well you're about to have a you're about to have a place to stay for many many years um all right, we're we're coming up on it, I guess. We're into this last second here. Reagan was terrible for the two A, and he's worshipped by conservatives. Exactly, Reagan was. I mean, the nineteen eighty six you know FOPA, the Firearms Owners Protection Act, passed under under Ronald Reagan. What a nightmare! What an absolute nightmare! He's a thousand percent better on the Second Amendment than Obama or Biden. Says Greg. Well, I mean, okay, but that's a pretty it's a pretty tough uh, bullet to dodge at that point. When you look at the actual track record. Okay, I gotta go. We're gonna we're gonna come up into hour two. Um, we'll be back with more. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Here we go.
0: Buddy, put that thing back in its holster we haven't gone anywhere I don't understand check out themichaeldukesshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast welcome to the party pal
1: Fathom
0: it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the
3: interwebs and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning and welcome to hour two of the big radio show. It is the Michael Dukes Show. And uh, we are, well, We we're, today we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. I had some things that were trying to be... Uh, uh, trying to get set up for today, and just nothing came to fruition. So we've been covering some of the headlines uh, from today, and we're taking your phone calls just to see, I mean, whatever topic you want to, I mean, you want to talk about, uh, you want to talk about, uh, uh, you know, favorite movies, okay. Uh, if you want to talk about the politics of it, okay. You want to talk, whatever it is that you want to talk about, Open line, open form. That's what today's about, which is kind of cool. I mean, I, I dig it. I, every now and then, we just throw the phone lines wide open to see what uh, what you have to say. And um, it's some of my favorite shows, quite honestly. I love to see what other people are saying out there. And uh, I, love, I love to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Uh, we were just talking about, um, before we went to break, we were just talking about the school system. And we were talking about specifically the transportation problems that are going on in the Anchorage uh, and the Matsu school districts. And I was talking about, um, I was talking about why I think that is coming, um, you know, why that is coming about. Uh, that we're seeing in America right now where, you know, we've got a huge employment problem where there are lots of jobs that people are just not filling. And uh, I made the comment that, you know, part of the great resignation that came out of the pandemic was that I thought that people had kind of had to face their own mortality. And realized that uh, this may this this being the job that they had, this may not be what they wanted to do for the rest of their life. Or maybe they, you know, decided that life was too short and they would live on less or completely change industries as well. And then Gary made a comment, which I hadn't considered before, which I I'd like to explore more sometime in the future. Uh, but Gary made the comment he said during the pandemic and school closures it forced people to stay home with kids and they realized they did not need two incomes. Now I have made this argument in the past and I've taken some <laughs> I remember I got ooh, I got yelled at one day one day I broke it down and talked about why most families, especially middle class families would be better off if, they, they, if they only had one income, and at the time I wasn't arguing whether mom or, should work or dad should work, I was just saying one income. But some people took it as I was telling the wives to stay home, barefoot and pregnant, and just make a sandwich and shut up. Um, that that was kind of how it was interpreted, but that was not my intention. My intention is to say that most middle-income families, when you when you break it down, you look at your lifestyle, you look at what's going on, you realize. That for the most part, you could live pretty close to the same lifestyle if you only had a single income because you had to subtract all the other expenses that came along with having a second person working. And there are a ton of expenses, Not not the least of which is pushing you into the higher tax bracket for those same things. Um, and that's probably not a very popular opinion because what's the idea today? The idea today is oh everybody's got to, everybody's got to have you know both parents got to work and but I think Gary I think you might be right. I think that may be, may have been a part of it as well because they were forced to stay home and they were forced to adapt to live to a lifestyle that was lesser or maybe they realized it wasn't that big a change as So anyway Thank you, Gary, for that comment because I think it's very, very interesting that that's uh, that's where it came out of. Um, all right, uh, let's uh, I want to talk some more about the school thing, but I do have some phone calls and phone calls reign supreme today. So we're gonna uh, jump over to the phones first things first and see what uh, you guys have to say. Good morning, who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: Good morning, Michael. This is Melissa calling from Marcel.
3: Good morning, Melissa. What is on your mind, dear?
1: Um, well, I've got a couple things. Definitely um, want to touch what you were just talking about because I'm one of those moms. I was a nurse and I worked at my kids' school as a monitor and a substitute. And I decided that with the inconsistencies of my kids being, you know, every time one kid would get sick, oh, we're closing. That you know, I'm gonna homeschool. And so that's what I did with my family. And it worked out for the best and now we'll never go back to public school again my son jumped for grades and reading level he's just happier Um, so there's just those reasons but then also the factor of hey you just told a lot of people you have to violate your medical freedoms and get vaccinated in order to stay at your job i can name at least five people that i know personally that are not working the field that they were working before decided to go into private sector or start their own entrepreneurship or just retire in general because of forced vaccination.
3: The, and, and that's something, too, that I didn't touch on that. You're probably right. Many people were looking at it and their their employers were saying you had to be vaccinated to stay here and they decided not to do it. Now, let me let me let me let me extrapolate this out a little bit for you here, Melissa, and ask you some questions real quick, because mm-hmm. I, I did the math one day and I figured if you had two parents that were making fifty five thousand dollars a year or something like that, making one hundred grand a year combined. The one thing that nobody really looks at when they think about that is the ultimate cost costs of that, of, you know, having to send the kids to school, the daycare or the childcare afterwards, the, uh, you know, the extra, the uh, extra clothes and insurance and all these extra additional, did you guys end up having to shift your lifestyle dramatically when you left the workforce or has it been a moderate Not dramatically,
1: change? no.
3: So more of a moderate yeah, change. Yeah, no, it's
1: been moderate. And the reason why I would say that is because you know, as a mom or the second income earner in the family, you know, my husband was always the first income earner and it's just because of his career choice that he made, you know, he made a good, uh, a skilled job that did, you know, that pays well. So he was always first earn earner for us. And for us, it was just, you know, that's the easiest way to do it. Plus, um, you know, with me dropping out, so to speak, I, you know, as a mom, if my kids were sick, who would stay home? It would be me. Right. You know, so there was always those factors. So we could never get like me into a full-time position because I I have to, you know, bow out if the kids need something. And so now it's just, you know, there's a little lifestyle changing. Obviously, you know, we have to be a little more um, wise on our budget and kind of plan things out a little bit better. And I think and in, in a turn, it's a great homeschooling thing, too, because now my kids see, okay, this is how you live within your means. This is how you plan ahead. Right. This is how you, you know, those are all great teaching lessons too. And um, my husband's a commuter, so with both of us driving, it does save, you know, on gas and it, it just all together, you know, school clothes, uh, all that kind of stuff. I mean, we still school slow shop, but we go after now all the other kids do, <laughs> so we get the deals. And right. I mean, there's just ways they think homeschool parents have figured out, hey, I can make this work for me. And it, it's really well. And we homeschool through Idea, which is just a fantastic place yes. to homeschool through. Yes. And the the allotment, my kids are in, I mean, my son has just finished a drone course where he, he's 11 years old. He built, raced, and um, did the mapping and everything of drones. It's something that no public school kid is getting during their public school hours. Right. Um, they'll be doing wood woodworking this year and just home ec and. All these other things, and it's like, why am I wasting my time with my children? I mean, that's my investment right there. They're walking around the hall. They spend, and as a as a monitor and a sub, I knew how much time was wasted. They're literally lining up takes a half hour. Going to the bathroom for everybody in the class. I mean, there's just so much waste that is um, not just money. People talk about the money and the waste in school, which is there. It's huge. It's huge. They blow through that money so they can get more money. But the big thing is, is it's time. I mean, they're given so little time from that one instructor that if you took all that time, that one-on-one time and you put it together, they're getting like 20 minutes a day.
3: Yeah, well, what I I discovered, what I discovered was that, you know, and again, I'm speaking from a perspective of somebody who's never sent my kids to public school. We homeschool all of our kids. So maybe I'm I'm I'm, I fully admit that I'm probably biased on this. But my thought process, even as a young man, even in my early 20s, when I was looking at this, deciding whether or not we were going to homeschool our kid was. I understood from my own personal experience, which was only three or four years prior at that point, that teachers would teach to the level of the slowest student in the class. And if you were, absolutely, you know, if you were, if you got, if you got the information, if you were, you know, if you understood it and, and grasped it and, and were good at it, you were bored because they were, they could only teach at the, they could only teach at the speed of the slowest student in the class. And then I found out that each child, as my children Kay, as we you know our children were born and they came up to i realized that each child had a different learning style some children needed almost no supervision some children needed desperate hand holding for every little thing or for certain topics or things like that and that's not something you're going to get in the brick and mortar school because as you said if it's one teacher with you know 20 25 30 kids they're not going to be able to give that kind of dedication or that kind of attention to each student in the class, and to me, that was one of the ultimate reasons why we decided to to, uh, to homeschool. And you brought up an interesting point too about commuting and all these other kind of things. I think most people would find that if they really total up the the math, and again. My kids were never in school. We never had to have daycare. We never had to have that. But there was an article the other day talking about these people who had left the school system um, because uh, – uh, and and the school system and the child care system to start their own things because of all the things that you just talked about. And they were talking about these – it was $1,400 a month per child for child care? I'm like, who can afford – if you've got two or three kids – Who can afford that kind of, I mean, it was insane when I started doing the math on it.
1: That's exactly why I, you know, I I graduated uh, from Carter College and I got my national certification for nursing. And I was doing that until my kids were little and we were paying a babysitter and we weren't doing childcare, but even paying a babysitter, more than half of my income I was making would go to childcare to pay somebody else to raise my child. Right. And it was like, what? Right. This doesn't make any sense. So right off the bat, that was for us. We just started, you know, going down to one income, why we did public school. But I tried. I hung in there. You know, I, I would even volunteer in my son's classroom because he wasn't getting enough. And just like you said, I have the two day and night. My daughter's completely independent, advanced reader, all the way through. She struggles a little in math. My son, he was in the 90th percentile nationally for math. He's gifted. Right. But he struggles in reading. It's just day and night, and it's, you know, you don't know, and each kid is different, and being a substitute, you see that. Right. And then you also see the other things that people don't talk about, It's this the socialization problems that are in schools nowadays. We, as parents, we want our kids to go to public schools so they get good socialization skills and all that, blah, blah, blah. That's what we were always told. But after literally seeing TikTok and cell phones in there as a substitute when we'd have indoor recess, I would go around just taking cell phones because there was pornography being shared. The stuff that was on these phones that, that just goes around that nobody's checking. It's disgusting. I mean, there was a time where when I was in school, you get on the computer lab time and you'd get on the internet, but it was all regulated. Well, now with cell phones in schools, there is absolutely no regulation of content right. going into the schools and what kids are exposing other kids to.
3: It's uh, it's pretty crazy. And I'm I'm glad that you uh, I'm glad that you stepped up and I'm glad that you called in and talked to us about it, because, again, I think this is a I mean, I think this is a, a much bigger issue. Uh, that we could spend a whole show on just talking about you know doing the math. maybe I should get yeah. s- get get somebody in here who's an accountant that can help me break this down. But uh, anyway, I, I'm glad you I'm glad you made the decision Melissa um, and I appreciate you calling in. I'm sorry go ahead.
1: Well real, real quick before you uh, go, Michael, um, I wanted to ask or talk to you real fast this has been bothering me for days. So, Project Veritas was in Anchorage, and they were doing a story on Lisa Murkowski and the election fraud. Right. And um, one thing that I noticed in their video is Bernadette Wilson is in the video hanging out with Lisa Murkowski. Don't know what she was doing, but it clearly looks in the video like she's trying to tell the Project Veritas uh, reporters to go away. Right. And so I'm just wondering, you know, she's supposed to be Americans for Prosperity, kind of teaching us about ranked choice voting, and here she is running around with the culprit of ranked choice voting. And I'm just wondering how many people are asking these questions, and, and what are, what are your guys' thoughts on that?
3: Well, and, I, I, you know, somebody else asked that the other day, and, and first and foremost, I have to say, you know, Americans for Prosperity is not uh, supposed to be endorsing any candidate. Uh, it looked to me like Lisa Murkowski kind of uh, uh, crashed the party, so to speak, and my interpretation of what Bernadette was doing was not so much defending Murkowski as basically trying to. She's got this event going on. She's trying to get the drama out of the event. Is what my take was on it, um, because by law, Americans for prosperity is, uh, they can't coordinate with any candidate or anything else. If if people showed up, then so be it. But that was my take: was that she was more trying to control the drama at the event. But I mean, that's that's just. That was my take on it.
1: Let me let me ask into this, because I was told by someone else, and I, I wasn't sure on this information, so I didn't want to say it, but since you said it was at the event, was it at the event or was it after the event? Because somebody said that it was not during the event, and so I wasn't sure. Because, I mean, I could see what you're saying If it was during the American Prosperity event She's just probably trying to be like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah You know what I mean? I get that
3: Yeah, my understanding was that that it was during the event That Murkowski showed up to talk to people While they were waiting in line to get the gas And yada, yada, yada And that's when the Project Veritas people come That's my understanding of the timeline Now, I wasn't there I'm just going off of reporting And what the video showed and everything else And that's why my take on it was She was just trying to control the atmosphere of the event but um, you know that again because afp can't endorse or support any candidates that's part of the mandates of these of these packs like that they can't coordinate so all right melissa hey thank you for your call i'm sorry i've got to go here i got to jump back up to it the michael duke show continues it is your home for common sense liberty-based free thinking radio Uh, i'd love to hear what you guys have to uh, say give us a call 907-433-3150
0: the michael duke show continues Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukeshow.com.
3: Okay. Uh in the break right now. Uh I am way behind in the chat room here. So let me um uh let me see. Opposing, please clarify. Opposing the state constitutional convention is Dark Money Project 1630. The NEA and the IBEW. Yeah, I mean you could see that right on the the. I mean, here's the where's the where's the picture I was looking for. The can I open the picture here? I'm sorry, I've got an actual picture of an ad right here. Um, and it's kind of blurry, but I'll share it with you if you guys want to see it. And this is what I this is what I was uh, just uh, talking about here. Oops, no desktop. I want to see the. De- Please, Lord, help me. Give me what I want here. Uh, right here. Uh, I found it. Um, is that it? There you go. All right. Let me close all these other ones. So uh, if you look at this right here, um, let me pull that down a little bit so you can see what's going on here. All right. So if you look right here um, at this uh, at this picture. And look right down at the bottom. It says, "The uh, this communication was paid for by no-on-one, defend our constitution, P.O. Box, Anchorage, Alaska. Bruce Patello, chair, approved this communication. Top three contributors are the 1630 Fund in Washington, D.C., NEA, Alaska, PACE, and IBEW PAC out of Washington, D.C. It says it right down there at the very bottom of it. So if you can't read that or whatever. But anyway, this came right off of Must Read Alaska's site. You can see that. That's the that's the ad that they have right there on Must Read Alaska's site. So, yeah. So you see the people who are voting, who are pushing for uh, uh, against a constitutional convention. That's one of the groups right there as well. Um, all right. Uh, let me see. Um, scrolling down. Joel says from YouTube, me, two jobs before the pandemic, three jobs after. I heard some dude say the other day, it's 2022, why work? <laughs> okay. I mean, how do you eat if you don't work? I, I just don't know. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, Westlake uh does the law support a landlord physically removing someone from their property there on set aside the alleged breach and clean was junior defending himself in the eyes of the law I don't know I don't know if the landlord I don't know if he was delivering the eviction if he was talking to him about it I don't know all I can re- all I know is that he was reportedly according to Westlake's girlfriend going down there to uh to to evict his son. That was the that was the the answer on that Ben. I don't know the answer to it. Um, unemployment paid six hundred and eighty nine dollars per week from the feds and four hundred a week from the state. Yeah, that was during the height of it. Now it's like three hundred and change, right? Is that is that is that right? I I don't. Again, it's been it's been a a, a while since we had that discussion. Um. Uh, so different learning styles is why we had multiple shelves for homeschooling resources, said Brian. Yep. That is absolutely. Um, uh, I think people are reading into the Bernadette thing way too much. I would agree with that. I mean, what I saw again was just her trying to, I just saw her trying to, uh, you know, sus to, to to smooth out the situation of this drama that was going on at her event. Uh like I said, I found it surprising that Murkowski kind of crashed the event to begin with. Um, but uh I think I think somebody is uh I, I think some people are reading way too much into it. Um if Americas for Prosperity isn't supposed to endorse candidates, it appears Well, they're not supposed to coordinate with candidates. They can endorse a candidate. I may have misspoken there. They can endorse a candidate. They cannot directly coordinate with a candidate. Um, Okay. Um, uh, Let's see. My father-in-law was been out of work for two years in Seward. He finally cashed out his early retirement. He was a longshoreman. Okay. Oh, all right. We gotta jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow. Let's uh let's get back to it. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. Continuing now, talking about, uh, well, whatever it is that you want to talk about. We're open lining, open forming it today. We've had some good calls. I, I mean, I've appreciated some of the calls that we've, uh, we've uh, dove into. Um, all right, so I want to get back to, again, going back to the education system. And especially what's happening down in South Central now, between here in the Matsu and down in Anchorage, one of the main problems that they're having is getting children to uh, to and from the school, right? The bus system, the transportation system, all that kind of stuff. And it has been a real, uh, well, it has been a real train wreck. Uh, school started last Tuesday for the Matsu. And they had delays, oh, so many delays. They lost a couple of children at one point, and I mean lost, quote unquote. The children may have gotten on the wrong bus. At one point, we got a some kind of alert that parents couldn't find their child who had gotten on the either gotten on the wrong bus or hadn't gotten picked up or what. I mean, it was it was it was chaos in the Matsu. Uh, and part of that is due to the fact that the Matsu, again, does not have enough drivers to take care of all the students that they have. Anchorage, it's even worse. Anchorage, as I pointed out earlier, they need to bus uh, the number that was reported by the ADN last week. I think it was 21 or 22,000 students need to be bused to school. And yet they only have drivers enough to cover just over 7,000 of them. And so now they're busting them out into cohorts. And you're going to have a week of busing, and then you'll have three weeks of no busing, and then you'll have a week of busing, and then you'll have for your cohort um, of students. And this this whole thing really, again, reminds me about why I homeschooled all my kids, first of all. But secondly, of just how disastrous bureaucracies can be. Um, I saw this post on social media the other day uh, when it first came through, and now Suzanne Downing is reporting on it. Um, Mike Ross, who is one of the journalists over at KTUU, went on social media last Thursday, which was the first day of school for the Anchorage School District. This is after the school district had announced they're going to do these cohorts and that only some people were going to have busing and you were going to have to take your kids to school. And by the way... It was a complete and total gridlock around many of these schools as parents raced to try and drop their kids off in the morning. I mean, there's some pictures of just this, you know, basically bumper-to-bumper stream of parents trying to drop off their kids at school. Uh, A total hot mess. Anyway, Mike Ross took to social media late on Thursday, uh, and I remember he started it out with, I'm not one to normally go on social media and complain about this, but... (laughs) And he said the KTUU had reached out to the school district to try and figure out um, how many school buses would be running, where they would run them, and which areas, which schools would be affected, which schools would be picked up, which schools wouldn't. You think that would be a pretty simple, um, you you think that that would be a a pretty simple uh, thing. Here's the here's the post. I don't often rant publicly, but as a journalist with more than 40 years of experience, this is an exception because of something that happened today. Our newsroom this morning asked the public affairs department at the Anchorage School District what we thought was a simple question that would get a quick answer. Which schools currently have school bus service and which do not? Simple, right? Surely, he says, the ASD has that info at their fingertips. Here is the answer that we got back. That info is not available. He said, why not? Then the ASD told them, KTUU, that they would have to file a formal public records request to get the information. A FOIA? To get a school bus schedule? (laughs) What? I mean, what? The you know the public records law in Alaska calls on public agencies like ASD to make documents and information available for inspection during regular business hours. Having to file a formal request is usually something that only happens if an agency has to devote time and effort to dig up the information or if it's sensitive in nature and they have to run it past their lawyers. We told ASD, this is Mike Ross from KTUU still, we told ASD that we thought their demand was unreasonable. And one of our reporters this afternoon asked the news, superintendent dr jared bryant about why they were making us go through this formal process here's what he said this is the superintendent of schools we have three more bus drivers starting on monday we have 50 new drivers that will be starting between now and the end of september so this list is going to be ever evolving okay Uh, Mike says, we didn't ask which schools would have bus service at the end of September. We asked for a list of schools which don't have bus service today, the first day of school. I mean, that's what they're asking. Dr. Brian continues, and it's really important for the public to know that a bus route is not assigned to just one school. It's assigned to several schools. So when we talk about cohorts, cohorts, we're talking about really a logistically complicated list that involves multiple campuses. So for that reason, we're keeping our line of communications directly to the families at this time. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> He said, well, this is one of the reasons we asked today which schools didn't have bus service. We wanted to be able to gauge and report how many schools are impacted by the bus driver shortage and which ones they are. Instead of providing more information about the number of schools impacted, ASD chose to throw a roadblock in the efforts and not divulge the info we were seeking. He said, I've covered several different ASD superintendents during my 16 years in Anchorage. Nearly all of them been very open and forthcoming about providing information to the news media when requested. I truly hope what happened today isn't a sign of things to come for this taxpayer-supported government agency that should be transparent, especially when we're hearing about long lines at schools with parents trying to pick up their kids. I mean, this is this is just a disaster. And again, reason number eight hundred and three why I homeschool my kids. That's just it right there. All right, uh, let's go back over to the phones and see what you have to say about this or anything else. I just I was just reading this, going what i mean this is the school district that i mean they were more concerned earlier this summer instead of getting their their transportation needs squared away they were focused on some kind of land acknowledgement policy instead of actually getting i mean this it sounds more and more like california when it comes down to it that's you know we're going to rename our schools rather than make sure we get our kids uh, educated or get a system set up for the kids to be educated let's go to the phones good morning who's this where are you calling from
4: Hello, Michael. This is Jason from Parabanks. Oh, Hello, Jason. What's
3: on what's on your mind, sir?
4: Well, you couldn't have done a more timely show bringing up this subject. Just last night, I heard a guest you've got to have on. And I think I think it'll be a, a dynamite show. Uh, Samantha or Sam Sorbo, the wife of Kevin Sorbo, you know who played Hercules in you know, the actor. Right, right. Um, she went. She was featured on uh, Red Pilled America last night, and and she was talking about all this how they how they were subtly feeding the children, you know, you know, very leftist ideology, not only politically but about sex and things like that. And, and she and and she was talking about how her children were starting to fall under, you know, fall under that, and it even when and- you know, as she went on, she kept thinking, "Well, I can't teach my kids. I'm not qualified to do this." Well, when she finally broke loose and start and started homeschooling them, she found out that they're that they were in a much higher percentile rating than the school had told her. They had lied to her. And in fact, she's written a book about it called "They're Your Kids." In fact, her website and she gave it on the air. I mean, you know, it's just um please have her on as a guest i think she'd be happy to come on your show because she, she it's like, it was like it, it was like a uh, an epiphany for her, and she's right and she's taken it on as her, as her duty to spread the word about this to other parents and yes you can teach your own children and yes you are qualified to, to teach them and the two hosts of Red Pilled America pointed out a lot of people in history and, and recent people uh, who were homeschooled you know you know very high achievers and uh, who never even never set foot in a public school
3: Right, no, absolutely. I mean, that is, uh, you know, and and we've seen it uh, consistently that scholastically, that homeschoolers achieve higher scores and do better in many areas of life. And like you said, uh, many people discovered that it. I think it was it was that fear factor. People, you know, were they were oh, your kids won't be socialized and they won't be this and they won't be that. Only if you put them in a closet. And don't allow them to That's come right. out. I mean, you know, they go around, they get around the kids in the neighborhood, you take them to different functions, you take them out to different clubs and things like that. I mean, it's uh, they discovered that it wasn't nearly as bad as it, as it was purported to be.
4: And I can, I can give you a personal example. I buy products from a company called, I heard about them years ago on the internet, called Goat Milk Stuff, named by the children. And, uh, you know, the, it's the Jonas family. And they, they, I don't think they're related to the Jonas brothers by any by any chance, but, but uh but what they do, they 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 homeschool all their kids, and they use aspects of the business to teach the kids about every subject from mathematics to chemistry, um, to history. You know how it, you know, because you know how it, because it, it 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 interconnects into so many different areas of life. Right. And those kids, I mean, are they're they're like they're genius level, you know, and and yeah. and they've never been to public school either. And I've I've spoken with them and dealt with them personally, conversed with them, and it's like. My God, this is the way America used to be.
3: Right. No, absolutely, Jason. All right. Well, thank you for your call. I appreciate you calling in this morning. Thanks for being part of it. Uh, Timothy in the chat room says, when I started my son uh, in homeschool, he went from running an F average to a B average. Dramatic change. Uh, And with all the different systems that you see out there now, whether it's IDEA or Cyberlinks or Raven or all the various different homeschooling opportunities out there, you don't have to worry about not being a teacher yourself because they they have those things in hand. They have the teachers that can help you, help the students, help you develop a lesson plan, do all those things, and pay for a large portion of the curriculum. Why, I mean, why wouldn't you do that? Why, why wouldn't you do that? All right, got to go. One final segment dead ahead, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, f- free-thinking radio.
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Duke's On Demand. Oh, and it's free, like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and (laughs) MichaelDukesShow.com.
3: Whatever happened to No Child Left Behind laws? (laughs) That's a, oh man, that's a whole different thing. Jill says, I'm a former, let me read this. I'm a former transportation director. We never required such a thing for requests of how many buses were going to be used or how many routes would have service. Or what areas would not um, we never require but the problem is again we had we had one-third of the schools were being serviced and, and two-thirds weren't and so they were asking the question of which schools are not being serviced which ones do this do the well we're just gonna talk to the parents about it well wouldn't it be good information to kind of share that out with everybody it's not like you're giving them exact locations of where kids are being picked up or anything else. I see somebody said something about, oh, it's for security reasons. No, I don't think it has anything to do with security. Uh, I think it has to do with the idea that they had no idea what was going on. Um, all right. Um, Teresa said uh, she found the same. we full time working from home but homeschooling too and love the idea program. yeah idea is a great uh, is a great program it is uh, it's the it's the program that I recommend to people We were one of the initial charter families for idea We were one of the first 20 families that uh, uh, worked with idea in the Fairbanks area when they started up out there uh, my daughter was in the first graduating class and uh, yeah they were there are some amazing people out there. Um, uh, let's see. That would be, uh, only be specific bus stops and times reporting what area generals disseminated appearance of the repair report. Did you hear about the suggestion of getting the national guard involved to drive buses? What? That's, I didn't. Wow. That's, uh, okay. That's, uh. No, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that the National Guard had been maybe the yeah. That's that's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. Um, you can go to the school website and get all the right information, including where and when is pickup time. People on the peninsula are struggling with no more free lunches. Well, you know what they say: there's no such thing as a free lunch. Um. <clears throat> Public, uh, this is just totally crazy. Um, all right. You can go, I'm just going back here, scrolling backwards to see if there's anything else that I missed that is just burning,
0: burning.
3: Um I believed in what, what was this? I believe in what Betsy DeVos coined as educational freedom. Um, I mean, I think Corey DeAngelis has got a dynamite idea with the backpack funding where the funding should follow the student rather than follow the school. I think that's what we need. uh, I think that's what we need here in the state for sure. If the NG buses uh, drives buses, if the NG drives buses, they will make double what the bus drivers make. Reform bus driver pay, you will get more bus drivers. Oh, if the National Guard drives the buses, they will make double what the bus driver makes. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a, a, you know, whatever it is, they they pay them five hours a day. It's a split shift. It's not a job for everybody. Um, And you have to get a CDL and everything else. So it's not a, you know, like I said, it's just not a job for everybody. Now, maybe if they made it more attractive, um, that's what, you know, That's what they're looking for. But this is the story in any job. I mean, right now, you know, if they have to give, you know, with the servers and everything else and and all the openings in the food industry, do they have to raise the, you know, do they have to raise the pay from $15 to $20 an hour to attract people to get them in? Maybe. Can they still make money and a profit as a business if that's the case? Maybe not without rising their prices. I mean, this is the conundrum we're in right now. Um, um, yeah, I never understood the free lunches either. This is what 12th man said. I never understood these so-called school free lunches. My mom always packed us lunches when I was growing up instead of signing up for the free lunch at school. A lot of times it was PB and J or baloney. Yes, that's kind of how it works. That's I've never understood that. Um, now there's actually a news story, um, Uh, from a couple days ago talking about the National Guard talks with the state to help alleviate the AS3 bus driver shortage. That's insane. Um, mm -hmm. Bus drivers should be on salary. It's for the children, says Jeannie. (laughs) It's for the children. Yes, poor planning does not constitute an emergency. Piss poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. That is kind of the old thing right there. I heard about the National Guard request. It was turned down. Poor planning does not fall under emergency. Yeah, well, I would agree with that. That's all poor planning right there. Uh, We got one line on hold. Let's figure out who it is real quick. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
2: This is Carleen
3: and Kodiak. Okay, Carleen, hold the line. I got you back on hold. You're going to be right back to you. Don't go anywhere. Carleen and Kodiak is going to be with us. Let's jump into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking r- radio. Right, we're back uh, continuing on one final segment of the show this morning and it is open line open form nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty. 907-433-3150 if you would like to sound off carlene is in kodiak one of our favorite callers she calls in this morning to give us her thoughts good morning carlene how are you
2: excellent thank you and you
3: you know it's um, monday and i'm awake that's about all i can say for the day so far
2: That's wonderful, because I slept until 7, and I missed a whole hour of your show.
3: Oh, no. Um,
2: Yes, going along with the topic today, I'm reading the book, uh, Glenn Beck. He's of Dallas, Texas, and The Blaze. And uh, the book is called Conform, and it's about the school system. It's not very long. It's only, like, 222 pages. But um, he was talking about... Um, the union and the school teachers and others. And I was wondering if it could be made optional for people to join the unions. You know, it just, if maybe that should be someone's choice.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there's been some problems with that in the past. And, of course, now with the Janus decision, People should be free to make a decision as to whether or not um, they need to join a union. The practical application of that is much more problematic, uh, Carleen. Um, the Janus decision by the Supreme Court said that they shouldn't have to join a union if they you know, got the job. And some people have tried to fight that, and it, it's a very, very difficult decision. But yes, the, the education unions in this country are driving a lot of what I see as the problems with education overall.
2: Yes, thank you. I'm only on page like 38, so I haven't gotten very far. Yeah, I started yesterday.
6: Well,
3: you'll have to tell us. Uh, you have to tell us uh, what it's like at the very end. Um, I would love to. Uh, I'd love to to hear more about it, uh, Carleen.
2: Yes. Thank you, Michael.
3: Thank you for calling in and being part of it today. 433-3150. 433-3150 is the phone number. If you would like to sound off, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say here in the last few minutes of the show. I mean, look, <clears throat> here's part of the problem. Um, well, I mean, here's the problem in a nutshell. We've got, we've got fundamentally, we have fundamentally changing ideals of what makes... A good job or a good workplace. We have people who have changed and shifted. We have a whole generation of, you know, Gen Xers, my generation, who are uh, either getting ready to retire or reducing their hours and or have retired. Some of them retiring early um, because they've done fairly well. Um, And then you've got a whole generation of millennials who really seem to respond to the fear mongering in the pandemic messaging that we saw early on and have completely rethought their whole priorities in life as far as, you know, how much time do I spend working? How much, you know, what do I do? How do I and and it's created a real worker shortage. In uh, in in the country right now, and some people have just decided they don't want to do certain kinds of work, which is going to cause a problem for those industries because they're going to have to decide: Do we fundamentally change how we do business? Do we're going to have to offer more for these positions, or change how these positions work, whether it's benefits or flexible shifts or whatever it is that you're going to have to do? There's going to have to be some real changes, um, real changes. Uh, and uh, and I think the hospitality industry is a big one. Some of these other industries, like uh, the the split-shift ones for, the like, the school district and the bus driving, that's another one. We're going to find more and more of these industries that are going to be affected by this, uh, and we need to figure out how to fix it. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, caller. Uh, my name's Rob. I'm calling from Fairbanks. Hello, Rob. What's on your mind?
7: Hello, I'm Rob from Fairbanks. I just wanted to go on with the, the homeschooling thing. I, too, raised uh, three of my children up here in Alaska and uh, started homeschooling my oldest son uh, when he was in grade 10 because of, of the bad social situation in school. Plus, uh, he was uh, one of the top wrestlers, and a bunch of the wrestlers at the time back in 2018 were listed on one of them school hit lists. So we took him out of out of high school right. and put him into homeschooling. And he went from like a 2.0 to a 4.0 for the last three years. Wow. And he got to still go to school and do extracurricular, be on the wrestling teams or take other courses he wanted, even though you're homeschooling. And my oldest daughter's done the same thing. She's a senior this year. And now my my youngest is just a freshman, and she's going to homeschool. And if they want to do options, they do that. Plus, they also do wrestling with the interior wrestling club, which holds a, a lot of students do homeschooling. Right. And they're all four and you know, and they travel all over the state. So I, I just think more more of us should be homeschooling. It's just ridiculous, and what's going on, and and you know, with this. Uh, gender stuff they're forcing into kids and well basic communism you know um the, i'm a very spiritual person uh, being a, a medicine man shaman, and, and I, it's very important that my kids grow up in a spiritual atmosphere because they respect everything around them and without spiritualism in our families we've lost our children yeah
3: no i agree and and it gives you the opportunity uh, to teach the, them your beliefs and everything else is,
7: yeah. And, and, and I'll tell them one thing, but they'll say, well, dad at school, he says, you know, we can't talk about that stuff. Everything evolves around nature and, and us being provided from the land, we have to treat it with respect. And that's not just the land that's everything about us. Right. So uh, we're just losing respect with everybody and, and manners, children yeah. don't have manners. And, yeah. you know, uh, you talk to make, hey, can you stop, you know, uh, playing on the phone for a second so I can actually look at your eyes and know you're (laughs) understanding. And that's the biggest problem we have now is Kids yeah. got to get back to the supper table, to the lunch table, to you know, uh, family outings. My children, we we dog mushed. They did junior, so we were out with family stuff all the time. When we weren't, you know, at home, right, in the woods doing homeschooling.
3: Well, that's the one thing about homeschooling is it gives you ultimate freedom and flexibility, and it gives you the time to be able to do those things. If a kids can get two uh, can get a full day's worth of school done in two in two hours. You've got a whole rest of the day to do all the other stuff with them, Rob. I agree. Thank you so much for your call. I got two more calls on hold. Let me continue on to the next one. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
8: This is Art Michael. Hey, Art. I'm calling from I'm calling from Delta. Yes, sir. And I'm going to ask a couple other quick questions. One, what's what's going to be the economic effect on the economy in the area if wives are not working? What about all of the people that have to have jobs babysitting or how about all of the McDonald's people that they will lose their customers because of wife or husband's home making supper? Uh, what about the the economic effect on the school get government jobs because they lose the revenue of an extra income?
3: Sure. Well, there, how are we going to handle that? Well, there's definitely a knock-on effect. Art, you're you're definitely not wrong about that. I don't foresee. I don't foresee you know everybody becoming one-income families and doing this. I think that for some, it makes sense. If if enough of them did it, you're right, Art. I mean, there would be businesses that would have to change their model, or they would have to close down. Uh, the governor government would have less revenue in certain areas from taxation and other things. But again, I don't foresee this turning. I mean, do you see that? Because I talk about this somehow everybody's going to go out and quit their quit their job and one spouse is going to go back to work in the home again do you do you see that or uh i mean that would be a very small percentile in my opinion don't you think
8: well i don't know i just know i'm using this comparison because my wife never did have a job away from home right we raised our kids and we raised eight of our own and we've raised uh kids for uh out of problem homes because of the husband and wife so busy making a buck that they figure out about their kids right so this is why i agree with you totally totally but i want people to think about the other effects
3: oh there are and definitely effects yeah our,
8: our lifestyle would be better
3: well but what about the generation of kids it would be how about the un how about the uh, you know the non-monetary effects of having a generation of children that uh, you know that that have parents that uh, that do pay attention in those regards that aren't just worried about hustling back and forth to soccer practice, but are spending a good portion of the day with them teaching life skills and doing all. What about a new generation of kids? The non-monetary effects of that that would probably be worth more than the money, don't you think?
8: I totally agree with you, and that's why I was pointing out the, all these things that it's going to affect, and the government impact on the revenue for the government is going to be very uh hard on the government people because they're going to have to figure out ways to live within their much budget then.
3: yeah well i think if if more people actually did the math and figured it out and they looked at what the impact of their family was what the costs are and not just the monetary impacts but again the impacts on their children and what kind of children they're raising I think more people would make that decision to to have a single income. I'm like you, Art. My wife hasn't worked outside the home in whatever, 30 years. We've done okay. And our kids are happy. And that's the important part. And they're full-grown human beings. That's what I love. Thank you, Art, for your call. Folks, we are out of time for today. Tomorrow, Brad Keithley, Chris Story, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, Free Thinking Radio. All right, uh, looking through here, looking at some of the comments. Watch YouTube videos and read automotive manuals for home DIY automotive repair. I put my kid on that. I've, I've had my son, you know, this is a problem. I need to do this. And I said, okay, well, I paid for the parts. You go pick them up. And then you watch YouTube. And then you come back. And if you get stuck, come get me. And he's fixed, I mean, he's fixed a ton of stuff Dishwashers And uh, uh, furnaces And cars and all kinds of things Yeah, YouTube Is a uh, Is definitely a big We've got we've got a lot of resources today that I wish I had Back when I was a kid For sure Alright um, We gotta get out of here I gotta go Thank you so much for coming on board The Michael Duke Show Be kind to one another, love one another, live well. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.